ಓಮಜ್ಞಾನತಿರಂಧಸ್ಯ ಜ್ಞಾನಂಜನಾಶಲಕಾಯಕ್ಷೂರುಮಿಳಿತಾಂಯೇನತಸ್ಮೈಶ್ರೀಗುರುವೇ And the occasion is the Avirbhav Mahamutsav of Bhagavan Narasimha, although I think the Titi is probably tomorrow one of the bigger problems in the Gaudiya Vaishnav Sampradaya is the, they can't even get together on the calendars. But it's indicative of the larger <laughs> problem, <laughs> overall problem. Of course, there's room for many groups. That's a fact. And... Even in material life, it's said that variety is, is the spice, so much more so than in spiritual life, as we've learned, at least theoretically. And of course, we do tend to stress the, the, the difference as well in our Shijiva's equation, Achintya Veda Veda, one and difference simultaneously. We tend to stress the the bed the difference for distinguishing largely for the sake of distinguishing ourselves from another group that stresses only obeyed non-difference the advaita bodies but we should keep in mind that both are there equally and simultaneously in the in how chaitanya mahaprabhu read the environment achintya beda bed one and different at the same time not just one sometimes and different another time but one and different at the same time and that is achintya difficult to conceive but it is the very direct reading of shastra chaitanya mahaprabhu did not try to impose an opinion on the environment but he read it in propod's language as it is so oneness as much as different so there should be an underlying sense of oneness both in a and we're talking about it of course in a, just in a general sense in relation to the different communities of devotees and i understand that in this area there are probably a few what to speak of all over the world and that's good but there's an underlying unity and oneness that has to be stressed and and that's important it's important to stress in that regard and it's important to stress in terms of the actual metaphysic of chaitanya mahaprabhu because while we like to speak about free will and individuality krishna consciousness may be less about that than we've been led to believe by our own interpretation that is of what we've heard from great souls and read about in the, in the shastra because there's only one and that is krishna and all of us are the parts and parcels of krishna in our material life our individuality is determined prakritikriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasha by material nature our likes our dislikes our good our bad our happy our sad is different from another's but that difference is a problem 
because it doesn't enable us to perceive the true nature of being. That's neither hot nor cold, nor good, nor bad, nor happy, nor sad, as the senses that we are equipped with cause us to think. They cause us to read the environment in that way. And this, of course, makes for differences amongst one another. So the individuality of our personality that we know something about today has very little, if anything, to do with our personality in terms of relationship with Krishna. It may have something to do with it because we are all here involved in culturing a relationship with Krishna. So it should start to show up and those who have eyes to see should be able to see something about that. But it has nothing to do with our conditioned life. So in our conditioned life our individuality is really determined by the by material nature. And in spiritual life it's determined by our willingness to make our will one with God's will. So Krishna that means and this is what has much to do with the Leela that we have come to discuss the appearance of Bhagavan Narasimha. In Krishna Leela Krishna only associates with his devotees. That's why it's so important for us to get the association of a devotee. It is said that uh, Krishna has a couple of, uh, some problems, two primary problems. Problem one is that he very much likes to serve his devotees, in whom he places his swarup shakti. This is a bhakti. Sudashatvisheshatma, prema suryamsu samyabhak. Rupa Goswami has given this idea that when this Sudashatva, a particular combination of that, Visheshatma, dawns like a ray of the sun of love of God in the heart, then relationship with Krishna and the Jivatma directly, we can say, as much as Vaishnavism is direct, which isn't very much, it's rather an indirect experience. Vaishnavdas. Anudas. It's direct within the overt appearance of being indirect. In a simple way, as Prabhupada used to say, looking through the window, then we see outside. Or, as I say, Vaishnava Dasana Dasudar Marsh once told me that ours is the fifth position. First there is Krishna, then there is the Vaishnav, then there is the Vaishnav Das, and then there is the Das of the Vaishnav Das. And then we can take that place. So the more we can gravitate towards serving, then the higher on the ladder of devotion we go. The closer we become, we come to Krishna. So Krishna, he is like sugar, means sweet, but sweetness cannot taste itself. So that shakti, sarup shakti, ladini shakti, swambit shakti is within him, but he manifests it, so to speak, outside so that he can taste his own sweetness. This means devotee. This means Radha. Mahabhav Swarupini Ladini Shakti of Krishna. And when this then is shared with the Jiva soul, then their relationship is 
made with Krishna. So means Krishna's Atmaram. He doesn't take pleasure outside of himself, only in relation to his Swarup Shakti. So in now in Krishna Lila, then we are simply a vehicle for Krishna to express himself and taste himself. That's what that individuality of the Lila, as it appears, that variety is all about. Krishna tasting himself. And some people are willing to be the vehicle, so to speak, for that. So individuality, as I say, there's a lot of abhed, as much as there is bhed in the inconceivable, simultaneous uh, reality of achintya beda beda. So, relative to our discussion about Sri Bhagavan Narasimha, we have to talk about his devotees. He's come, made an extraordinary appearance. We should understand that Nishingadeva's appearance is an appearance of Krishna, Prahlad, and every speaker and every inquirer in Srimad Bhagavatam as well, all of them. Shukadev, Shonaka, Sutta Goswami, Maharaj Parikshit, Narada, this one, that one, there are so many speakers and listeners and questioners in Srimad Bhagavatam. There's a question, there's an answer. Inside the answer there's a story and there's questions and there's answers and somewhere or another few chapters or cantos down the road the, the question originally is answered and then it starts again like this. So all of them, all of the principal speakers and listeners, their Ishta Devata, their deity, personal deity is Krishna. So for Prahlad also. So Bhagavan Narasimha is, a, is, of course, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swaya, and we know there are so many avatars, and Krishna's avatari. They are all avatars of Krishna. But Prahlad was meditating upon Krishna. Gopal Bhatta Goswami was meditating on Prahlad. Prahlad's fortune of getting the darshan of Narasimha was the preoccupation of Gopal Bhatta Goswami in Vrindavan that caused Radha Ramanji to make his appearance from the Shalagram. You know the famous deity of uh, Sri Radha Raman. And Sri Radha Raman, Radha Raman, means that Radha and Raman are both there in that deity. Because Gopal Bhatta Goswami was given the promise by Chaitanya Dev. They met in Gopal's youth in the south at the house of his father, Venkata Bhatta, and he was told, you stay here when Mahaprabhu left, take care of your aging parents, and when they've passed from the world, you come to Vrindavan again, you will get my darshan. There you serve in the company of Rupa Sanatana. Of course, he did that, and he also made a, a trek to the Himalayas, brought his shaligrams and so forth. But Chaitanadev never again gave him directly the darshan. But in this instance, meditating on the significance of Prahlad, and the appearance of Nishinga, the good fortune of Prahlad. What was that caused that to happen? It caused, what did it cause? It caused him to see Krishna everywhere. In the pillar, he was present. Hiranyakasipu, another devotee, asked, is he in the pillar? Yes. This is the vision of the of Mahabhagata. See Krishna everywhere, in everything. Gopal Bhatta Goswami wanted that position. We should aspire for that. We should know something about that theoretically 
that we might have an ideal to aspire after. And we should know where we are on the map of internal landscape from Shraddha to Prem, so that we may know how to go systematically to the next step, step by step, to attain that. And Gopal Bhatta Goswami has given us some good advice in his example of meditating on Bhakta Prahlad and Narasimha. And he is such a high devotee. <laughs> and Radharaman appeared to him. And it is considered that Radharaman is, in that appearance of Krishna from the Shalagram, Radha was present with Raman, Krishna. And therefore, what? Sri Krishna Chaitana Radha Krishna Nahe Anya. Rupanuga Janera Jivan. This is the life of the Rupanugas, the followers of Rupa Goswami. Radha and Krishna, that one, ekatmanovapi bhuvipura deham pedogatoto chaitanyakyam prakata madanathadayam chaikyam aptam radha bhava duti suvalitam nomi krishna surupam. Radha krishna pranai vikviti ladini shakti rasmad. Damodar Goswami has given this sloka from that Kabiraj Goswami has placed in his Mangala Charan for Chaitanya Chiritamrita. Radha Krishna Pranay Vikriti Ladini Shakti. The Vikriti pastimes of Radha and Krishna are under the influence of Ladini Shakti, and that one Krishna, Ek, becomes two, as I mentioned. That sugar manifests as sweetness in a, what do they say, Dwad? In two, it is the oneness of we, you and I, become one, it is we. That one eternally became two, that two eternally becomes one. Kaviraj Goswami questions, who's first, the chicken or the egg? To use a crude example from our culture, he said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is like a fountain that flows in all directions in the form of the lila of Radha and Krishna, overflowing in all directions. We cannot possibly, sometimes devotees ask, should I meditate on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or Krishna? On Gaur Lila or Krishna Lila? You see, it is not possible to meditate on Gaur Lila and not think of Krishna Lila. Otherwise you have not understood anything about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he says, like, like a fountain in all directions, Lila of Radha and Krishna are pouring. And he says, like a swan, dive into that fountain of Gaur-lila. Siddhamarsh commenting on this verse of Kaviraj Goswami said, with regard to which is first, Krishna-lila, Gaur-lila, he said, what? First the giver, then the gift. So we shall try to approach the highest ideal, Luchetana Mahabhu, in his lila. And in his lila, we find this appearance of Radha and Krishna, which is that combination, none different from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the form of Radha Raman, one example. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did give the darshan to Gopal Bhatta. Everyone, devotees, of course, reasoned, as devotees should. Mahaprabhu has said, so it must happen. Somebody reasoned, this must come true. Some people 
to be honest with you, thought of it in another way. Well, it was a way to rationalize it, to reason about it, and we can find in this way, make some truth out of it. means Mahaprabhu said, my name will be heard in every town and village. But a handful of Bengali and Brajori and Gaudias couldn't figure out that verse. <laughs> That's a high thing. And how it will go everywhere, all over the world, his name in every town and village. But somebody reasoned about it in another way. There was Bhakti Bhunut Thakur, and he infused this reasoning into Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who infused that re- that reasoning, spiritual reasoning, divine reasoning, faith, Shraddha, Sumedha Saha, Ignaisan Kitana Praya, Yajantihi Sumedha Saha. Sumedha, Sumedha means very good intelligence, Sukritivan, find kind of theistic reasoning, infused it into our Gurudev. Om Vishnu Pachilesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada and Prithipati Achinagarali Gram has become a history. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, Bhakti Vinod Thakur. We are known as Bhakti Vinod Parivar, the family of Bhakti Vinod. We trace our Parivar, everyone wants to trace their Parivar, means their lineage, their family, to an eternal associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Advaita Vamsa, Nityananda Vamsa Parivar, from one of the six Gosamis. So what does Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in answering this question, what did he say? We are Bhaktivinoda Parivar. means Bhaktivinoda Thakur was uh, considered in his time by many as the seventh Gosami. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was preaching in a particular way. Many people became attracted to the preaching of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. But there is large print and small print and fine print to the teaching of Bhakti Vinod Thakur. And people like to read the large print. But Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he read the fine print. Upside down, inside out, backwards and frontwards. And he made his mission. The fine, he took the fine print of Bhakti Vinod Thakur and made it into large print. And we have to read that large print the fine print of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, magnified by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And we want to enter into the high things found in the larger print of Bhakti Vinod Thakur in the entire Sampradaya, previous to Bhakti Vinod Thakur. Bhakti Vinod Thakur envisioned a problem in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, an abuse, a large-scale abuse of high ideals. He couldn't speak that loudly about it because uh, his environment was such that just like it is said if you speak to politicians then you have to become a politician so or probably just say in like a needle and out like a plow but the uh, you know Thakur was once sitting with a famous Sahajiya talking with him and in the distance the young Bhimal Prashad who the Thakur had given Nam Harinam Prabhu and Nishinga Mantra came. And seeing that Sahajiya talking casually with Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, Bhimal Prashad, his son, his son, he paid obeisances to Bhakti Vinod Thakur from about 50 feet away. And he left. And the Sahajiya gentleman, he said, Oh, your son is very well trained. Thinking that, 
while you're speaking to a, another dignified person, your son from a distance, he pays obeisances when he sees you and goes away. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, yes, he has taken a vow not to come within 50 feet of a Vaishnava, of, of a Sahajiya. <laughs> and you are a Sahajiya. So. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur, my point is, was interacting with them in such a way. And uh, that was all there was in a, largely to a large extent, to interact with. Not all, but that was the climate of the time. So Hajiya means who takes the whole, in, in the interpretation of Saraswati Thakur, takes the thing, the ideal, cheaply. And it's not cheap. It's very, very costly. Very costly. We can say nice things and speak about it very poetically, and we will be very charmed by that. But to go there is a very bitter pill to swallow, actually. In the language of Siddharmarsh, uh, die to live. He said himself, even this sounds poetic and beautiful. A godbrother of mine put it on his license plate once. Die to live. But what was he driving that car for day and night? <laughs> what was on his mind? And he told me people used to stop and ask him what it meant. Eventually he took it off his license plate. Die to live. We live in a plane where death is the norm. In order to live, we have to kill, actually. To live in the sense of our bodily identification, then we have to uh, exploit others. So give a death to that. This is important. Mahaprabhu talked about it in this way. This is his way of saying, poetically, die to live. Because if you meditate on this shloka, then you know. It will be the death of your life as you know it. There's a saying in Bengal, Oh, I heard about Radha Bhav and the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the highest ideal. I heard about it and I wanted to become a Gaudiya Vaishnav. But then I heard this shlok Trinada Pisunichena. Do you know the meaning? Trinada Pisunichena means you must be more, Mahaprabhu said, you must be more humble than a blade of grass, more humble than a straw on the street. It's not so much you must be, but you must understand that is your actual position, our position. And tarodopi sihistana, more tolerant than a tree, giving all respect to others, expecting no honor for yourself. Kirtaniya sadahari. If you can do that, anarthas will be primarily gone. Then your bhajan can be nishta, fixed. But when they said, when I heard that, I knew, oh, I'd like to be a Gaudiya Vaishnava, but when I heard that, I knew it was impossible. So we shouldn't skip over this verse. This is the crux. We want vikar, transformation. Bhagavad says there's a problem if There is a problem if you're chanting Krishna Nam repeatedly. Then there's no transformation in you. No bikar, no tears, no hairs standing on end, no trembling. Astashatviku bikar. Mahaprabhu said, Shrutam api upanishadam dure harikatamrita. He said, the aphorisms of the Shruti, the Upanishad, they're dure harikatamrita, very hard, far, dure, very far from harikata. From what can happen if you come in touch with Harikata? Kampa Shrupulakadaya, he said. When we hear of Krishna Leela, that is a land of ecstasy. 
Every movement, kathaganam natyam gamanam papivam sipriyasaki. Shriya kanta kanta parama purusha kalpataravo dhumabhim bhumis chintamani gonamaitoyam amritam. Gonamaitoyam amritam. Kathaganam natyam gamanam papivam sipriyasaki. About this, Jiva Goswami said what? This shlok, this poem, it says, that place, Shriya kanta kanta parama purusha kalpataravo. There is one Purusha and everyone else is like Kanta. Shriya Kanta Kanta. And one Parama Purusha and Kalpataroha. Kanta means lover. There is one enjoyer. Everyone is the enjoyed. Kalpataroha. The Kalpataroha, the trees are wish fulfilling. The land is Chintamani. The dust is worshipable by us. Venerable. Our Guru. Land of, in the language of Sri land of gurus. Kataganam, the kata, the talk is gana, song, the walking is dance. Jiva Goswami said, what must be the dancing and what must be the singing of that place? Kaviraj Goswami says, what? What is the opulence of Braj Vrindavan? Is it Kalpa Riksha, Kalpataru, Chintamani? Kamdenu, wish-fulfilling cows, trees, land, all these things. Is this the opulence of Vrindavan? He implores us, look more deeply. What is the opulence of Vrindavan? If you live in a land where you can get anything you want from the tree, anything you want from milking the cow, the land is Chintamani, the dust, can turn gold, iron into gold, would you like to go there? The people who live there, we should study them. That is the opulence. What is it? That they live in the midst of all these things and they don't want anything. That is the opulence. They don't want anything. <laughs> we say you can go, you can have anything from the tree. Everybody will want to go. But how do you get there? You have to empty your heart out of any other interest. Your will cast to the wind. Very special place. This is our ideal. Very high, but not so easy to go there. We have to empty our heart out for it to be filled up. <coughs> this is what Bhakti Prahlad did. This we learned from the Leela of Prahlad and Narasimha. As I mentioned, Krishna is only associating with his devotee. So, Hiranyakasipu also devotee. This story begins in third canto of Bhagavatam, as you know, with the, with the so-called fall of Jain Vijay. It goes all the way to the tenth canto, with the killing of Shishupal and Dantavakra. Dantavakra is the last demon slayed by Krishna. The last demon. Dantavakra was living in Mathura, challenged Krishna, he wanted to draw Krishna away from Dwaraka and he wanted to fight him with a club because he reasoned if he's in Dwaraka he's got a lot of associates there he's got an army separate him from his army this was his calculation demons are very expert about in calculating and this calculation we should drive out of our own minds because it's it's really demonic you see the nature of reality is that it is not something that we can fit inside of the fist of our mind Calculate it. Maya means to, to count. Maya, to count. Reality is not countable. 
infinite is not countable. But we want to count it. The mind's nature, tendency is to to take the divinity out of its descent. When the divinity sends as guru, as nam prabhu, in the deity, then the material mind will, will tendency will be to take the divinity out of that, to kill it, to make it a dead thing, to bring it within its realm. After all, my mind is a material element, to make it like itself. So this mind should be put in its place. This is yoga, but not such an easy task. Dantavakra calculated how to deal with Krishna, how to defeat him, bring him away from Dwarka, and fight him with a club. Because he saw that Jarasandha was finally defeated by whom? Bhima. And Krishna fought him 18 times. So he reasoned, Krishna couldn't ultimately defeat Jarasandha. He couldn't kill him. He held him off 18 times. But when it came to killing him, Bhima did it, and he did it with a club. Krishna's not very good at fighting with a club. This is how he calculated. <laughs> so he challenged Krishna, and then he remained in Mathura. Of course, Krishna had good reason to go to Mathura. Krishna's moving. How? How does Krishna Lila move? What is the fuel? What is fueling that? The love of his devotees. Madhya Shoda, Nanda Maharaj, they have a son, Krishna. Krishna leaves. Apparently, he goes to Mathura, he goes to Dwarka. They go mad, along with everybody else in Vrindavan. And Nanda Maharaj went particularly mad because he had spoken and given his word, I'll bring him back. Otherwise, Jashodamai would not have let him go. I'll bring him back, I promise you. Imagine, after he got bamboozled by the city people in Mathura, Devaki and Basudev convinced him, well, you have to, he has to get an education. And the Sandipani Muni is here. This is the system. This is Every boy has to get an education and... Now the comes has been killed and so forth. He's a simple village fellow. And uh, he went to the big city and uh, they fast-talked him. He came back with some remnants, ornaments, some clothing of Krishna. Imagine how he felt. He had promised, I'll bring him back. Returned empty-handed. But they didn't hold it against him. It's not that the inhabitants of Vrindavan. He was their king. Nanda Maharaj. They didn't hold it against him. They understood how he felt. He felt worse than them, practically. So, in his own madness, in the madness of Jashodamai, after Krishna's been gone a long time, then they start to think, when will our son come back? When will our son come back? When will our son come back? How long has our son been gone? Will he ever come back? How could he leave? How could we let him leave? We must have been crazy. We are crazy. Do we have a son? Did we have a son? Let's have a son. Hmm? We should have a son. <laughs> this way, the Leela goes in a circle, around again, it begins. Hmm? They start to think, we should have a son. Then on the Marge's problem was this. Every time I think of having a son, I get this picture of a boy who's more beautiful than Narayan, more qualified than Narayan, more charming than God himself. And then I know that's not possible. So I, I lose my enthusiasm. He shared this with his good wife. 
She said, same thing happens to me. What to do? They worshipped Narayan. They took a vow, Dwadasi vow, for one year, performed that to get a son. And after one year, then Yogamaya began showing the symptoms of pregnancy in, J- in Yashoda. She had a craving for sweets at all times. <laughs> so in this way, the Leela of Krishna is fueled by the love of his devotees. He's moved by this. So he went to Mathura, yes, to kill Dantavakra, but more for what? Why did Krishna go to Mathura? Krishna promised the devotees of Vrindavan himself that he would be back. At Kurukshetra he met them and told, I'll be back. But if we make a cursory reading of Srimad Bhagavatam, it appears that he never went back. But if a devotee reads Srimad Bhagavatam, he, a real devotee, not like us, but a real devotee, a high devotee, we are like apprentices. We should serve devotees. I began. Krishna has a problem, two problems. The main problem, the first problem is what? That he wants to serve his devotees. What's the problem? Devotees don't accept any service from Krishna. What's the solution? We are the solution. We can serve those devotees, and through us, Krishna's innermost cherished desire can be fulfilled. What will our position be then? It said that Krishna has the other problem is that he he's the person who has everything. So they say, well, what to give the man who has everything? But there's one thing that he doesn't have, that he lost. His heart has gone to his devotees and gopis. So we can give him our heart. And how you give a heart to Krishna? Then you give your heart to the Vaishnav, whom he loves and wants to serve. And his whole ambition in life is to serve them, to please them. It's called Vaishnavism. It's about serving Vaishnavs. So Krishna is servant of Vaishnavs himself. He went to Mathura, yes, to kill Dantavakra. But when a real devotee reads Bhagavatam, he thinks, Krishna must come back to Vrindavan. How can he leave them? Do you think he just left, arranged for the inhabitants of Dwarka to fight with one another and leave, and then he left the world? That's how a, a cursory reading of Bhagavatam gives us this understanding. And we read the whole book and we forgot all about the Brajalila. What happened? What about all those people? Who the whole Bhagavatam is about. The whole Maturalila, Dwarkalila is all indirectly shedding light on the glory of the Brajalila. So Gosamis have traced it out. They are real devotees. They could understand. Krishna went to Mathura. Yes, ostensibly to kill Dantavakra, but to go back across Jamuna into Vrindavan and collect everyone up there and take them to the Aprakat unmanifest Leela. And some shloka in Bhagavatam is there that gives the lead. But Dwarka inhabitants themselves have said sometimes he goes away to Mathura and how we feel a separation. Following that lead in Bhagavatam we go to Hari Vams Purana, Padma Purana, and we can put piece all these things together. Krishna returned to Braj. He stayed for a couple of months and took everybody to the Aprakat Lila, unmanifest Lila. He told them that was their destination. You may know when they asked after he amazed Nanda Maharaj 
Nanda Maharaj was taken underneath the water by Varuna's people because of apparently violating the codicy. Krishna went beneath the water to fetch back Nanda Maharaj and what did Varuna say? Om Namo Bhagavate Tubhyam Paramatmane Brahmane He said, you are Bhagavan, you are Param- Brahman, you are Paramatma. This is where we find in Bhagavatam the confirmation of the the statement in Bhagavatam that it serves to is the whole philosophical basis of Bhagavatam. What is that verse? Rameti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabdite Advaigyanta Tadvidab What is it? Vedanti Tat Tatvavidas Tatvam Yadgyanam Advayam Rameti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabdite Bhagavatam's built on this. This Advaigyan Tatva that is a Chintaveda Veda. But how do we know Krishna is that Bhagavan, Paramatman, Brahman? Oh, it comes out in this Leela, saving Nanda Maharaj from the clutches of Varuna. He said it himself. Paid his obeisances to Krishna like that. So Nanda Maharaj saw that. And of course, then he thought, Krishna is wonderful. Again, I'm, these demigods are saying these things about him. Of course, it's just because Narayan works through him sometimes. But anyway, let me ask him a question that's on everybody's mind. What will my next life be? Where will we all go? So he showed them Golok. And they thought, oh, very nice. We'll all be there, our cows will be there, our land will be there. It's all the same. Very charming. But Krishna took them there. So this Leela of Narasimhadev, it spans the whole, practically the whole Srimad Bhagavatam. It is very important to us. It begins in the third canto, and it ends in the tenth canto, with the killing of Dantavaku, the last demon that Krishna killed. The whole thing is wound up then, dharma is finished, and and he's taught the measure of the prema dharma of Braj by staying away from there from so, for so long, and they're never giving up on him for a moment, never forgetting him. And the Shringa Bhagavan is very important to us. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu first appears in this Leela, in Bhagavatam also. In Leela of Nashingadev, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu makes his appearance in the prayers of Prahlad, Chanakolo, Triyuga. When we come to this part, seventh canto, Prahlad is praying to pacify Nishingade. We find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, a verse about, describing the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this Nishinga Bhagavan is, uh, we find, he seems to be intertwined with our Sampradaya in so many ways. In Gaurila we find so many instances protecting the Sankirtan and chastising that Chandkazi, telling him that the Madanga is my favorite drum. You, you know the story. Bhaktivinoda saw when he found the, the yoga pit, the appearance place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from his house this year in Map, where I, I went to Bhaktivinoda Thakur's house on Gorapurnima, sat on the roof from where he saw, he envisioned the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Siddham Mayapur. And he s- said that he used to, uh, after the founding of that place, he noticed sometimes a, a, in the morning, Brahma Muhurta, a, a wind coming regularly down the road. <laughs> so Dr. Bhakti was curious and he penetrated on it for some time and he got the insight that the Nishingade was coming to the Arctic every morning, the Gore Arctic, Mangalatik, Marangalaro Kikeshova, Bhaktagana Mile, Bhaktagana Mile. 
millions of devotees are meeting there for that, invisible to us. Even the gods are coming. This is Chaitanya Lila, of course. And Chaitanya Lila, Ekarishvar, Krishna, Arsa, Vritya. Everyone gets to be servant. Even the gods, Advaita, Mahavishnu, Sarashi, gets to become a devotee, for example. So it's very important Lila for us. And in many ways, Bhakta Prahlad, Hiranyakasipu, uh, Jai, Vi, Jai, I think he's Jai, gatekeeper of Vrindavan. So as I said, Krishna's only relating with his devotees, even in killing these such demons as Hiranyakasipu. And Hiranyakasipu also gives some nice philosophy in Srimad Bhagavatam. But the primary devotee in this Leela is, is Bhakta Prahlad, and this is who Gopal Bhatta Goswami was meditating upon. Prahlad Maharaj, born in an Asuric family, family of demons. From this we understand what? Krishna consciousness for everybody. For everybody. Not only for everybody, but anybody. It means what? What does it mean? It means, someone has written me recently for some discussion on our Sangha. Some of you may be subscribers to that. And if you've asked questions and haven't been answered, forgive me, but I got about a hundred questions all the time that are waiting to be answered. That's not the only thing I do, so forgive me. I know you wrote a question, I haven't answered it yet. <laughs> I will get to it. But um, you wrote me some questions about the institution of guru, and the guru-disciple institution, as you call it, a thoughtful person. But he was thinking that the guru institution was a little bit outdated, and a lot of gurus only have theoretical knowledge at best, and it's more of a formality, and, and so on. I haven't fully replied to him yet, but... One thing we should understand is that as much as this is about discipleship or students, it's about gurus because, how to say, to be a disciple means to be a guru. That is what it means. To be a real disciple in the full sense of the term, that's what it means to be a guru. We don't come to be a guru, we come to be a disciple, a servant. And if we become a perfect servant, perfect disciple, then we are a guru. Of course, I'm phony, but <laughs> that's another thing. Hmm? Sometimes there's a concession. To be a good disciple, then we will, if we can stress on this point, then we can understand what is guru. And that's very easy. Now there's so much problem to recognize who is a guru. You try to situate yourself for being a proper disciple, then everything will be clear to you. It's not difficult. So we are, our, our mission is for making gurus not disciples. It's for going, as I said earlier, to land of gurus, where even the dust is a guru. Well, this is what it's about. So you have to give your heart fully to this, once and for all. Prahlad did this. He was born in the family of Asuras, so it means bhakti is for everyone. Prabhupada loved to stress on this point, especially because he was mixing with all of us. And our association was not seen to be desirable sometimes, even by the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, who sometimes thought, if you walk in the shadow of one of those people, you'll be contaminated. And Prabhupada was eating from our cooking, what to speak, he was cooking for us, even in the beginning, washing our clothes, even. You see, Prabhupada's greatness is very, it's very important to understand Prabhupada and think deeply about the significance of his preaching mission. 
and his books and the amount of information that's in there or that's not in there. Very important. And thinking of Prahlad will be helpful. So let me get to that gradually. Prahlad Maharaj was born in a family of Asuras, as we know, and, but he was, his mother was stolen, Ranikasipu was performing austerities, and the demigods, seeing him in that position, thought now is our chance to make an advancement. They made a huge campaign, military campaign, and in the midst of that campaign, they plundered the headquarters of Hiranyakasipu, and they kidnapped his wife. After kidnapping his wife, they, why did they kidnap the wife? Because the wife was pregnant. They thought, what will be the son? The father is born again as the son. What will be the son of this person? But Nard intervened and said, no, 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 the son is going to be a devotee. Why that son was devotee? Why Prahlad was going to be devotee? There's a superficial reason. And there's a primary reason. Superficially, it's mentioned in the Puranas that in previous life, Prahlad, who is considered a sadhana siddha, so much important instruction here. Please pay attention. Dr. Prahlad in his previous life went with a prostitute to have union with a lady of ill repute. And you have to do that in a hidden place. They went into the jungle and they found a dilapidated old building which was a temple of Vishnu previously. And for his purposes, he cleaned the temple floor. And it was on Ekadasi. He ended up getting in an argument with that prostitute, and it went the whole night. He was preoccupied with the, in, in the day, such with the prospect of meeting with her, that he couldn't eat. And he stayed up all night arguing with her and didn't eat either. So he did the near Chalikadasi on a, in the Vishnu temple and cleansed the temple. See how... Far-reaching is the mercy of Krishna. However we approach, with whatever in mind we may have, some good may come of it. He got a bad birth for that, but he got a good fortune. And that is the primary reason for his becoming a devotee. He got some sukriti. What is that? Nard wished him to become a devotee, that's all. He got the well-wishing of Narada. Once... One of my godbrothers asked, O Mishnupad Bhakti Rakshak Goswami Maharaj, that Prabhupada, he had many disciples, and some of them never even saw him. They got initiation on the tape, a vast majority of them didn't hear directly from him. Many, some of them never even had personally the darshan of Prabhupada. So he said, the Maharaj, what is the Guru uh, Maharaj? What is their position? Rather, little contact, it seems. Siddhar Maharaj told a story to illustrate the point. He said, "Once Swami Maharaj invited me to Mayapur for the purpose of overseeing and giving my blessings to the installation of the Anantasesh deity that is to be put in the ground in the foundation where the temple is to be built. The idea of the great temple in Mayapur, while." In one sense, given by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who envisioned a great temple would be built there. Some people say it's the temple at Yogapit. Some people think, think it's the temple that Prabhupada's disciples are building. But in relation to the temple that Prabhupada's disciples are, are building in Mayapur, Shudamarsh gave the idea how that temple should be. You know, it's supposed to go up and up through different planes. And he said it should be built according to Brihat Bhagavatamrita, a description of the spiritual uh, possibilities in life so to speak. Later it became altered 
for different reasons. But Shudamark, my point is, was involved in the inception of, from the inception of that idea. So Prabhupada, my Guru invited him, respecting him as he did, to come and oversee the uh, installation of the Ananda Seshtiri in the ground. So Shudamark came, he came with his, his disciple Govinda Maharaj. He said, Swami Maharaj greeted me on the veranda in his gumsha. He said, we, we were close friends. Then he took me in the back, and I have a picture of that. Prabhupada sitting with Govinda Maharaj, and, you know, with, with Sridhar Maharaj, and uh, Govinda Maharaj is there also, and, and they're taking prasad on the veranda <coughs> in Mayapur. Some of you have been to Mayapur. And so then uh, Sridhar Maharaj said, they, they have to probably, he gave us nice prasad, Iskand prasad. <laughs> Sridhar Maharaj at that time, of course, barely had enough money to get rice, enough rice to feed the devotees in his mat. Govinda Maharaj used to say, the disciple of Sridhar Maharaj's successor for his mission, used to say, sometimes it was so hard at the Mat, we had so little, it was so difficult that I wanted to leave. And I used to go and ask permission from the trees, but none of them would give me permission to go. So I stayed. <laughs> let me go for some time. None of them would let me go. It means go without being going on a mission. For Guru Maharaj. If we go somewhere on the mission for our Guru Maharaj on his order, then he's with us. He goes with us. I remember once in Mayapur, just on the side, when Prabhupada was beginning his Leela of leaving the world in Mayapur and didn't go to Vrindavan for that half of the festival, when I heard Prabhupada's not going to Vrindavan because he was sick. And interestingly, I think he was lecturing on Prahlad Maharaj at that time. Yes, he was. Seventh Canto. He, he deferred to some of his senior disciples and asked them to speak because he was so ill that he couldn't speak. And so he wasn't going to go to Vrindavan, so I went to see Prabhupada. And Brahmananda put his, was the secretary, put his foot across the door. He said, where do you think you're going? I said, I'm going to see Prabhupada. And he said, why are you going to go to see Prabhupada? You just touch his feet and give him your bad karma and he's already, <laughs> he's already sick. I said, I said, I said, it was between you and me. Prabhupada already took my karma and I jumped over his leg and I went in. And, and he's a nice guy too. But I sat with Prabhupada and I, I told him, Prabhupada, I'm not going to Vrindavan. He said, why? I said, because you're not going. And wherever you are for me, that's Vrindavan. When I first came to Mayapur for the first festival, Prabhupada personally called me in. I was a brahmachari at that time. And he told me, Every year, I want you to come here and stay with me in Mayapur. All year long, you distribute my books and preach, and then come here and spend one month with me in Mayapur and Vrindavan. Such a nice thing for him to say. So this was his last time in this festival, really. This was the last festival. I didn't know at the time, but I said, anyway, I didn't want to go to Vrindavan because you're staying here. Then he said to me, no, he said, he preached to me. He said... Just like I said to him about a year earlier. <laughs> about a year earlier, Prabhupada was going to Assam. And Tamal Krishna Maharaj had a big party of so many brahmacharis. I was, I was part of that party. And Prabhupada had arranged to send him to China at that time. And uh, just to Dumna Prabhu also, as I recall. And so there were many, many devotees. And Tamal Krishna Maharaj was their leader. And just Dumna Prabhu was one of their leaders also. I was kind of one of the leaders of the party as well. So I met with Prabhupada on the veranda on the back. I used to sneak around and chant Chapa there, and Prabhupada would walk. And I'd sit with him and chant Chapa, and he'd be walking back and forth, chanting 
at a certain time of the day. So I was there and Prabhupada said, so, are you coming with me to Assam? <laughs> I have to say this because it was just uh, it was such a fool. I said, well, Prabhupada, you know, Tamal Krishna has been sent to China and Vishnu Duma and there's all these men, they need some leadership, they're a little... He said, all right, for preaching, then you stay here. Prabhupada instructed, I wish I had gone, but anyway, <laughs> Prabhupada instructed me like that. So this time I was saying, I'm not going to Vrindavan because you're staying here, wherever you are, that's Vrindavan. So then Prabhupada preached to me. And he said, no, wherever the preaching is going, there's a preaching festival. I've arranged this festival of preaching, so you should go there. You're a preacher, you should be there, and I will be there with you. So just like in Bhagavad Gita, it was spoken thousands of years ago, but whoever reads it now and pays attention, Krishna's present there. Your name is Tripurari, I've given you this name. You're supposed to kill all the demons, slay all the demons by your preaching, so you go there and I'll be with you. And of course, Prabhupada did go to Vrindavan after that, and I came to Vrindavan, and just didn't prove you were also there at that time. It was in, in September. September, October, something. October, I think. And Prabhupada was leaving the world, and Pishima Babatarini came, Prabhupada's sister, and she cooked for him. You know, puris and sabji. <laughs> Prabhupada practically hadn't eaten for six months. When I saw him, he was so emaciated, it was, it was very shocking. And then he ate a little something. He couldn't resist eating what Pishima had cooked, and we were kind of simplistic, at least I was, and I thought, Prabhupada's been cured. Pishima cured him, everything's going to be fine, and it was kind of an upbeat day or two. And so I went to Prabhupada, and I was... I think I was massaging Prabhupada's feet, and, and I asked, and I think just remember you were there too, and we asked Prabhupada what to do. It was kind of like, should we preach or stay here with you? And that part of time Prabhupada said, you boys are both very intelligent and sincere. You should go and preach. So we did that, and of course he left. But for those who preach, he hasn't gone that far. This is the message in, in this short aside. So Prabhupada's mission, preaching, to preach, you have to empty yourself out. That's what Prahlad did. Shudamarsh told, continuing the story, what about all those disciples that Prabhupada told to preach that he initiated in his preaching campaign, selflessly going everywhere? What about them? What's their position? Some of them who never met him. They weren't in a close company. Usually the characteristic, classic situation is guru is close with disciples. He can give them some bandhagyan, instruct them. Of course, Prabhupada wrote many books to give us some Bandagyan, but, uh, you know, everybody's not literate. <laughs> Everybody doesn't read the books. Or they think they've already read them. Guru can say, well, what did you read? What, is, what does it say? What is your understanding? So the classic situation is usually the association is a little bit more direct and close. So what about these disciples? So Maharaj is telling the story. He said, Sami Maharaj gave us prashad. Then he took me in and asked me to lie down on his bed and take rest. So I took some rest. Sami Maharaj Prabhupada went downstairs performed the whole ceremony, came upstairs. And Govinda Maharaj, Srinivas Maharaj's disciple, asked, Swami Maharaj, I have a question. You invited our Guru Maharaj here to oversee the installation of the deity, Anantasesh, and give your blessings to that, but you kept him upstairs and you went down and did everything. How am I to understand this? And Prabhupada replied, by the will of the Vaishnav, everything is done. Srinivas Maharaj gave his will. He came, he gave his blessings to that. I'm just carrying out the work. I'm just doing the physical work to make it happen. Humbly, he said like this. So Sridhar Marsh told this story, not to exalt himself, <laughs> but to exalt the position of Prabhupada and the power of his will as a Vaishnav to give that 
to someone. No matter how far, how distant, if his will is in place, everything is in place. Relative to our discussion of the Leela, Nard gave his will. What to speak of being distant by countries? By Bhattisandra once gave initiation over the telephone to Dhaka. By distances or by tape recorder, however Prabhupada did in his campaign. Prabhupada was in the womb. And Nard gave his well-wishing. Such is the power of the Vaishnav. Nard was his guru. Prahlad, of course, from his very youth then took naturally to Krishna consciousness. Sometimes the guru will appear to give special attention to one, instructing, but his well-wishing may go to another who seems to be neglected. You have to learn to read beneath the surface. Prahlad, then from childhood, a great devotee, coming into opposition with his father, Hiranyakashipu, he's, as I'm describing, Sadhan Siddha. Vishwanathakuri Thakur said he is both Nitya Siddha and Sadhan Siddha. Actually, there's a blur in all these things. Therefore, Prabhupada replied what when he was asked, what kind of Siddha are you? Sadhana Siddha, Siddha means perfect. Perfect by practice, by spiritual culture. Sadha by Kripa, by, by extraordinary mercy of Krishna or the Vaishnava. Siddha by Nitya, Nitya Siddha. What did he say? He said the important word is Siddha. That's the noun, everything else, adjective. So Siddha means Siddha. He deflected the question in this way, but he answered it in a profound way at the same time. If we look at Prabhupada's life carefully, we'll conclude that he was a Sadhana Siddha. But we will also conclude that he was a Nitya Siddha. Guru is Krishna. Krishna is Guru. One, appearing in many forms. Krishna is Nitya Siddha. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur told we should see the Guru as Nitya Siddha. But we think every Guru is Nitya Siddha has just come out of Goloka. If we do, then we might be disappointed. We think, does anybody like go there? Or do they just come down here and talk about it? And go back and somebody else comes and... No. And Prahlad's Leela instructs us like this. Prabhupada also. My own vision is naturally Prabhupada's Nitya Siddha. Because I, I have no experience of anything other than his being perfect and offering me perfection. But if we draw back from a neutral position rather than the position of our own subjective experience, which is more important, the subjective experience is more important, Kaviraj Goswami says, all these tastes are the same. They're all the best. Dasya Sakya, Bhattalya Madhuri, they're all the best for whoever has them. But if we draw back from a neutral position, objective position, we say Sringar is best, therefore I call it Madhurya, sweet. But what's best for you, that's best. So ultimately it's a subjective reality that we're interested in. But sometimes for preaching and thoughtful consideration, we Bhakti Rasamrita, the whole book is, Rupa Goswami is drawn to a neutral position, Tatasta, to write the whole book. When he wrote Ujbal Nilmani, then he's in his own bhav. When he's writing Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he has to come down and talk about all the different bhavs. In fact, very little given about Madhurja Rasa in comparison to the others in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And Ujbal Nilmani, whole book about that bhav. So from a neutral position, we look at Prabhupada, we say, what? What do the sadhus say? 
Many sadhus, like Prabhupada's godbrothers, so many sadhus amongst them, they thought Bhakti Siddhanta Sashri Thakur is Nityasiddha. But Abhay Babu, he's not. <laughs> that was not their direct experience. When Prabhupada was asked about it, what was your previous life? He said, in my previous life, as far as I know, I was a doctor and I didn't commit any sin. Therefore, in this life, Suchinam Simatam Gehe Yoga Brashtu Vijayate. He quoted Bhagavad Gita. I got to take birth in a pious family of uh, family of Vaishnavas, and so Prabhupada was asked about. It. He invoked the Shastra. We have the Sadhu. We have the Shastra's opinion. What's the Guru's opinion? Prabhupada's giving his own opinion in my previous life. So there's some scope for looking at this way, and some scope for looking at the other way. Therefore, you can say like this, as Vishwana said, Prahlada is Nityasiddha and Sadhana Siddha. He said the same thing about Nard. Combination of both, and Siddha means Siddha. This imperfection is very, very shallow. Very shallow. It is like uh, like mushrooms that have no roots. Our conditioning has no real roots. We're con- we, our roots are somewhere else. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem Sadha Kobunai Shravanadi Sudha Chitte Kodaya Udai. This is the teaching of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Well, his understanding of this verse is the teaching. That what? This Krishna Prem that is in the heart of everyone. It's dormant. It cannot come out on its own. It needs good company to come out. But we give the full meal of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to everyone. But everyone has a different appetite. So they'll eat according to their appetite, their power of digestion, and end up there. In this position, in that position, in this relationship with Krishna or another. So Praladmar is like Sadhana Siddha. We heard of his previous life. In this life practicing... In Brihad Bhagavatamrita, we find Prahlad speaking of himself in this way also. What do we find in Sanatana Prabhu's commentary? After the whole affair of the killing of Haranikashipu, Bhakta Prahlad was offered benediction by Narsingha Bhagavan, and he wouldn't take it. And Bhagavan Narsingha again and again tried to get him to take something. Take something. What is the significance of this? When Narsingha finally killed Haranikashipu, he was so upset. We have to look at the contrast between the outrage and the, the appearance of Nishinga and the innocence of Prahlad. The outrage of Nishinga at anarthas, unwanted things. Virudhapa Siddhanta Dvanta Harine, it is said about Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He became Virudha, Virud, very angry at Appa Siddhanta against the Siddhanta of Rupa. He became very upset. This was his campaign. Pounding his fist on the table sometimes in his preaching, his face would turn flush red. Shidamar said, some of the godbrothers might have, godbrothers said, Gurudev getting a little angry. It's not good. But I thought, Shidamar said, now I know the meaning of Lotus Face. Angry at the world of misconception. Soft heart in, means soft heart inside. When Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur took the small print, the fine print of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, magnified it into his whole mission, many people became upset because the fine print says, yes, all these things are wonderful and big print, but the fine print says, go there is not very easy. And to hear about it is, should be relative to your adhikar, to your eligibility. Who gives a high thing to someone who is not qualified violates a very important principle of Bhakti, Bhakti Vinod Thakur. This was the fine print that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur magnified. We should hear from high person. Yes. High person should have the discretion who he's talking to. 
This was the problem in Bengal at the time. Big problem. Problem hasn't gone away. Therefore, we follow Bhaktivinoda Paripar by following the line of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in his preaching, and he preached so strongly about this Leela of Prahlad and the Shinga. Mahaprabhu himself heard about this Leela from Garadhar Pandit in Puri. Because this Leela gives us the entranceway. If we don't understand the importance of becoming selfless, as exemplified by Prahlad, and we'll misunderstand and project our enjoying spirit into Krishna, conception of Krishna Leela. This is a healthy caution. So after Hiranyakasipu was killed, what happened? So many devas came and they tried to pacify him. Brahma, Shiva, Siddhas, Charanas, nobody could pacify him. Why? No one could pacify him because everyone had some desire. It means Brahma has desire, Karma Mishra Bhakti, Shiva has desire for Mukti, everybody beneath them, some desire, some, some worldly concern. Prahlad, no desire. Emptied himself out to be instrument of the will of the Lord. The Vishnu Parshadas spoke last. They have no desire. So why wasn't he pacified by the speaking of the Vishnu Parshadas who spoke last and praised him? They were Nityasiddhas. Prahlad was Sadhana Siddha. What does Sanatana Goswami Prabhu say? The Nityasiddhas, they never had a chance to have their bhakti tested. But Prahlad, as a Sadhana Siddha, he had his bhakti tested by God himself who said, take something, you're a nice boy. Your father has abused you. Let me give you something. Some, no, no, I don't want to. Take something, something. Again and again, God tried to convince him. Let me give you something. Na sabritya sabayuvanik. This is Prahlad's idea. Don't be a britya, a merchant, negotiating with God. Be servant, britya. He sets the example for this. Selfless to the extreme. So this is the beginning of real bhakti. You want to know what a devotee is. Therefore you study Prahlad Maharaj. He's the example of real devotee. In Brihad Bhagavatamrita, he demarks paradigmatically that position. No material selfishness. Then there may be varying degrees of spiritual selfishness. Then you listen, you associate with those who have. We cannot skip over this. This is an important point. And as I said, this Leela spans the whole of Srimad Bhagavatam practically. Prahlad then, of course, offered the prayers and he was able to pacify Nishinga Bhagavan. While we say that Prahlad is Shantabhakta and beginning of Shuddha Bhakti, at the same time, we should not think that what he represents in Srimad Bhagavatam is the only life of Prahlad. He has more life than that as well, more possibility for participation in Krishna Leela. After all, as I said, Nishinga Bhagavan was a manifestation of Krishna directly. His Ishtadevata was Krishna. So I just want to make this point to you that when we talk about these kind of devotees and we evaluate this devotee is higher and this devotee is lower, Prahlad is at the be beginning of the door of pure bhakti. Gopis are at the in the penthouse, sweet. Then in the name of talking about gopis, if we trample on Prahlad, we'll trample on our chances for ever understanding what that's about. And the position of Prahlad is not limited to that which he represents in the Bhagavatam to kindly teach us what we need to know and pass through if we are to ever really understand 
what Krishna Leela is about. That land of Chintamani, land of ecstasy, where every movement is uh, the ecstasy of the soul. Our movement is not like that, but at least we can try to get to the position where we can move like this, with folded hands, in Trinada Pisuni Chena, then our bhajan can become strong, we can become nishta, without anartha, selfless, and progress happily. So we pray for the grace of Prahlad Maharaj and Bhagavan Nasringa, our Guru Maharaj Prabhupada, very much liked this Leela of Prahlad Maharaj. Any of those of you who were in, in L.A. in early days like to see him pass by that huge picture of Nasringa Dev and offer his obeisances. And he himself emptied himself out. We talked about Prabhupada a little bit and how some people saw him as Sadhana Siddha, like his godbrothers. Sridhar said, when he came back from India, excuse me, from America, he was a different person. Sridhar reasoned that on the boat, he so much emptied himself out of any other interest than the direct desire of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. You could have been a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and wanted to serve him in one way or another way. What way did he want in particular, primarily, Prabhupada focused on that? And at that time, Nityananda Prabhu gave his avesh entirely into Prabhupada. And he became uh, Shakti avesh, empowered by that Shakti of Nityananda Prabhu to do this campaign. When he came back to India, first time he took his disciples to Sridhar Maharaj's mouth to observe the Vyasa Puja for Sridhar Maharaj to show his disciples how Vyasa Puja was to be performed and Sridhar Maharaj said, reason, he's a different person what's happened <laughs> and then in time of course the thing manifested more and more Prabhupada's mission and he he came to this conclusion very kind of spiritual scientific conclusion so we should try to empty ourselves out this should be our focus in the context of culturing love for Krishna and we should be assured that if we're focused on that, Krishna will fill us up. But if we're not focused on that, and we try to fill ourselves up by collecting so much information about Krishna, there's many books to read and many things you can hear, so many higher topics you can collect and go nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And think that you've gone so far. But if you empty yourself out, and you try to give up selfishness, you chant the holy name selflessly, you can be assured, assured, that Surup Shakti will come to you. Therefore, Pujala Lagapato Gaurava Bhangi, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasti Thakuta, taught, keep this high thing above your head and focus your attention here on what needs to be done. That means, as Prabhupada used to say, don't try to see God, but act in such a way that God will want to see you. It doesn't mean we shouldn't hear about the Krishna Leela. We should hear about the Krishna Leela. We should study about it, so many things. We should understand it in theory and so forth, but we shouldn't think that just by that I didn't read this book, I didn't read that book now, and that book, if I don't read this, how will I become Krishna conscious? Sridhar Maharaj once said, Ujbal Nilmani. I never read the book. Our Guru Maharaj didn't allow it. But I'm not an atheist, he said. It means, but I don't think, because I haven't read that book, that everything my Guru Maharaj wanted me to have will be restricted. It's all coming in me. Now, maybe we should read it sometime, someplace. But the point is, this isn't about collecting information. It's about sharanagati, surrender, selflessness. And all these things will come. That's what happened to Gopal Bhatta Goswami. He's Ragmarg Bhakta. Who could be a better Ragmarg Bhakta than Gopal Bhatta Goswami? 
Gunamanjari. Why is he bothering to listen about uh, meditate on Prahlad Leela? And some people may tell us, oh, we don't need to worship Nishingadev. We are in the Ragmarg. This is a Vaidimarg deity. Why Gopal Bhatta Goswami is meditating on, on Prahlad? And what happened? Radha Raman, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave darshan. So this is a very important point. This is the line of Bhakti Vinod Thakur from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And we are in that line and we should follow it very carefully. Otherwise, in the name of going there, we may damage our prospect forever going there. It is such a high thing. It is worshipable by us at every stage. When that we become so worshipable, that worship starts to turn to love. That is Ragmarg then. When you become greedy for that, Bhakti Vinod Thakur says you have no interest in anything else. That is Adhikar for Ragmarg. So we are not against the Ragmarg in the line of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Many people say, oh, they are not in this, talking this book, that book. They are not discussing Rasalila and so forth uh, intimately. This is what the Bhakti is about. Yes, for those who are qualified and they talk about it in private. You see, love by its very nature wants to share itself. But as it does, it realizes, oh, everybody doesn't understand. So it withdraws. If you love someone and you want to go tell everyone, everybody looks at you like, well, you're crazy. So then you withdraw. And you speak about that with uh, those who share that love intimately. It's a private affair. So with love of God, with Krishna Leela, Braj Leela, the private life of God, we cannot go there with our shoes on, just knock down the door. Because we read some book and insist we should go there. And we heard in the book that if you have agreed for that, you can go. I've agreed for that. I want to go. It is not so easy <laughs> to get that agreed. Be honest devotee. Good devotee. Prabhupada just said, don't try to be a great devotee. Let it be a good devotee. Greatness will come to you. <laughs> but then don't use this as an excuse for not hearing more progressively about Krishna consciousness. So you have to find be, be sincere and, and intelligent and you will understand what to do to make progress happily. So I've talked a long time, forgive me, but uh, it's a big topic. So, yes, question? It's uh, written in the in the Puranas, maybe uh, Narasimha Purana. Singa Bhagavan ki jai, Bhakti Prahlad Maharaj ki jai. Upramanandi. <laughs>